liturgical books. Why is this night different than all other nights? And the eldest one responds, because on this night, when we were slaves in Egypt, can't live in New Jewish New York without having heard that. Okay. But no Jew in the Bronx escaped from Egypt. That their eating of that meal made that past event present among them. Am I making sense? Okay. And it not only made that past event, it anticipated a participation because there was a third, an empty chair at the table, the chair of Elijah, next year in Jerusalem, so that it anticipated the final culmination of all things when there would be the restoration of Israel. What I'm trying to say is that as I have Passover, I have covenant meal at Sinai, and I have Passover Haggadah in the Bronx as all participating in one reality. So the Last Supper of Jesus was itself a saving meal, a sacrificial meal in and of itself, but it anticipated a greater Passover from death burial through new life to the correction to the right hand of the Father, so that it is it is both when we eat the meal, it is making us one with the Last Supper, it's making us one with Calvary, and it is making us, even though in a very beginning kind of way, already putting a toe into heaven and a participation in the Eucharistic banquet. Is that making sense? Okay. Eucharist is not just, I get to see Jesus even though he doesn't look like Jesus. It's got way more levels of meaning. And that's the kind of thing that Sacrosanct, that the Vatican document wants to unleash for us. Amen? Amen. Next item. I also, in paragraph seven, I was talking about modes of Christ's presence. I think I said, perhaps for the shock value, that sometimes Eucharist can be problematic, not because people don't believe in it, but because it is so much the fullness of Jesus, body and soul, okay, truly, really, and physically, that it's so bright that we don't understand that. Okay. Jesus is also present when that word is proclaimed. Jesus is also present in the ministerial priest. Jesus is also present in each one of the baptized. He is also present in the community. Have you guys remember seeing, I think it was probably a, a Walt Disney kind of movie where they were trying to give a kind of an example of a nuclear fusion okay, of how the atomic bomb worked. 
And what they did was is they set up a whole load of mouse traps, and on each mouse trap they put in a ping pong ball. And what they then did was they threw one ping pong ball in and it got all of the traps to, to go. There is a, some senses in which what we do at mass is we are amassing all of these presences of Christ okay, in a sense that it's a critical mass so that we get to see the church at its preeminent way of being. Is that a crazy example or is it making sense to any of you? Okay. Too weird? Okay, I like it or I maybe have a thumbs up or a thumbs down on this, guys. Does it make sense? Okay. Lucas, for you, it's a thumbs down, right? You're just breaking chops. When you started mentioning Fantasia, the, the, the Disney movie, you transported me back to my uh, younger years, so I, I was lost there. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so if we take a look at... Uh, I think we had left off with talking about liturgy as the source and summit. But if you take a look at paragraph 11 of the document, and in there, that paragraph 11, it says, in order for liturgy to produce its full effects, it must come with proper dispositions. So liturgy is mystery, but it's not magic. Merely by sitting in the room and thinking about NCIS okay, is not going to make me a holier person. Does that make sense? Okay. I need to come with the proper dispositions. What I used to say, this might be a, here is a throwaway line, Doug, that you might want to use sometime. You don't have to footnote me on it. Okay. There are no copyrights really in religious education. Liturgy is not meant to be a spectator sport. Okay. It's not the priest and the readers and the acolytes giving a performance on the stage. It is the priest who is speaking for the people whenever his hands are extended, but they are using their priesthood to, with the priest, <coughs> offer Jesus Christ back to the Father. Amen? Okay. And that was long lost. Okay. It was Father's Mass rather than our mass. Alrighty. Uh, okay. Paragraph 
you've got a little index card or a page in a notebook, I'm going to come up with these little bon mots that are maybe not so much for the course, but for ministry as a deacon. Okay. Rule number one, okay. Deacons do not make policy. You probably heard me say that before. I know Frank likes to use the line very much. Okay. I'm not telling you to tattoo it on your arm, but please tattoo it on your soul. Deacons do not make policy. And that's very, very freeing, guys, because when people come to you to complain or want something different, you can say to them, but deacons don't make policy. You need to go talk to the pastor. It's called punting, okay? And it works not only in football. Deacons don't make policy, and so that paragraph 22.1, regulation of the liturgy belongs to the authority of the church. This continues in 22.3, if you've got it in front of you. I'm quoting here. Therefore, no other person, even if he be a priest, may add, remove, or change anything in the liturgy on his own authority. Got that? That's the second rule. Okay. Say the black, do the red. Don't add, don't subtract. Second rule. Say the black. You don't have many black lines to give you have a few. Do the red. You've got a lot of those. Don't add. Don't subtract. Okay. I'm saving all of class 15 at the end okay, for us to talk about someone. God, did it have to be a deacon? Deacon Mark Springer of the Diocese of Detroit, who will, whose life and work and ministry will forever be seared into the mind and the experience of a guy who thought at the time that he was Father Matthew Hood, who thought he had been ordained in 2017. But he wasn't ordained in 2017 okay, because he had never been baptized because Deacon Mark Springer okay, changed the words of baptism. Okay, Are you with me on that? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. Okay, You do not change. You read them as they are written. Sometimes... You will see kind of today, like the choice between common of holy men or the common of pastors, it may say about a particular paragraph in these or other words. Okay? Then you've got freedom. Clear? But if it doesn't say that, read it as written. Okay? It keeps you out of trouble. 
I'm thinking of something that one of the threats that I would sometimes use with high school students, and I don't think you can use this anymore. Uh, but I would say to a, someone who was particularly annoying me, I would say, you know, there are ways that I could make you a legend for all time. That when your classmates here assembled are in some bar 20 years from now, that they'll say, do you remember how so-and-so tried to say something and what Petula wound up doing something to him? Okay. You don't want to be that kind of a legend. Okay. You don't want to be a legend who causes some priest to need to be ordained what he thinks is yet again. Comprende? Okay. You don't make policy. If you can't be obedient, you don't want to be a deacon. Okay. Because you are literally the servant. Okay. Am I making myself clear on that? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're the servant. Okay. It is what it is. Right? I have a question, Deacon. That question, go. That's allowed. As a Eucharistic minister, and I'm bringing communion to people that are shut-ins, and we have, you know, the prayers. Uh, I memorize them, and I stop bringing my prayer book. And then it dawned on me that I have to read them out of the book because they're not my words. Is that following the same vein? Like, I, even though I might have memorized the prayer, I should still read it out of the book so that I... Does that make, is that the same vein or not? Or doesn't it matter? A, 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 commun a communion rite given to an individual, okay? That's got a, a great deal more freedom based on the circumstances. Uh, so I guess my ranting and raving moments before was primarily within the assembly, okay? You might be in a situation where someone is very bedridden, okay, and all you're going to say is an Our Father and give them communion. Someone's sitting in a chair in the living room and they haven't been able to get to Mass and they're missing it. You maybe you're going to do a reading as well as reading the prayers and, okay, am I making sense on that? So, uh, I would be remiss if I did not say to you that under the old code, so the old 62 missile that people keep talking about, there was a provision that he was always supposed to be reading the prayers. Okay? He wasn't supposed to just memorize it, but the reality was if you only had one Eucharistic prayer, okay, and you did it every day for 40 years, guess what? You knew it. You had it memorized. But having it memorized, very subtly and unconsciously, you can start to speed up. Okay? And you can start to elide words. Okay? There is a, a very... I consider him a pretty holy man, a father teriatrich in this diocese. Okay. He was the head of the D.A.R.E. program. He was a Mount St. Michael graduate. So because of my connection with the Mount, 
but I remember saying to him, and this is when we only had four Eucharistic prayers, okay? And because he was approachable to say to him, Father, I don't think you realize okay, that because you've got them memorized, you're getting pretty quick, and so people can't follow you. Okay? And so he was appreciative of that. So I'm answering your question with really a non-answer, is to say in a Eucharistic bringing communion to the sick, have you committed some kind of liturgical crime, not sin, by memorizing it? Not at all, okay? Because there is no words that you are using which in fact make the sacrament be what it is. And that was where okay, both the deacon got, got himself into trouble. Uh, you're not going to say the body of Satan, okay? That's kind of blasphemous. That's its own sin, okay? You say the body of Jesus Christ, eh, stick with it as it's written, okay? Am I making sense on that? Okay? But I love Jesus, and I think everybody should have a devotion to the name of Jesus. Marvelous. But don't change it in that spot. Have I answered your question to your satisfaction? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Anybody uh, want to throw in? I see Paul's got to go ahead. Uh, it's just it, it occurred to me as you were speaking. Uh, uh, deacons do not make policy. Very, very straightforward. You, you, you can't interpret that too many ways. What do you do, deacon, when you have a situation that, uh, and let's say you're serving as a deacon? And you're serving under a priest, a pastor, let's say it's a pastor, who does make policy, okay? Uh, and I know of certain priests who've been around for quite a while now, and I won't mention names, it's not important. But they celebrate Mass in a manner that's their way. Uh, they don't say the words as written. They don't, they, they change actions and words substantially. Good, holy men. No question. But as a deacon, then, do we just go along? Do we have an obligation to say something? Is that beyond our scope? We cannot say anything? How does, how does that work for, for us? <laughs> I'm going to start by saying you didn't make the mistake, so the problem is not totally yours. Okay? Can you learn to be subtle? Okay. Could you be having a conversation with someone else in the sacristy? Okay. We're back to high school again. The job of an assistant principal is to make the principal look good. Okay. And so you're never, ever going to undercut him. You're certainly never, ever going to criticize him to anybody, maybe to your wife and maybe to Deacon Bellow, okay? But other than that, you're going to keep your mouth shut, okay? And if he, some, you know, if he should, let me give you examples of, okay. I have 
one priest who in the the embolism after the, the extension of the Lord's Prayer okay. will free us from unnecessary anxiety. Okay. I don't think that word is in there, but he adds it in all the time. Is it a game changer? No. Okay. Am I conscious of it? Yes. Okay. More importantly, and this one, I think I'm going to have to talk to him about. Okay. While we've got Corona going on, okay, I have said to the priests that I serve, okay, if you will, Father, because it's He's the celebrant. It's his choice. If you will, Father, if you choose to receive Holy Communion by intention, okay, I will consume the chalice and wash the dishes. Okay. If he, and it's his choice, he may not prefer to receive by intention, in which case, okay, then I'm not going to receive under both species. And he's going to wash the dishes. Do you understand that fine line there? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because of the coronavirus that, you know, obviously we're more than, we're less than six feet apart. But drinking out of the same cup, eh, don't know that that makes it. Okay. Now, where I'm going with the problem is I've got one priest who has no problem with giving out communion to the congregation. Okay. But after he's communicated, he walks off to go cleanse his hands to come down. He wants me to communicate myself. Okay. If I'm on a John, if I'm on a sick call and I wound up with more hosts and I'm not going back to the parish, is it understandable for me to consume the leftover hosts? Okay. So, that's not a crime or a sin or anything like that. Okay. But in the liturgy, okay, Eucharist, other than the celebrant, should always be a gift. And that includes to the deacon. Okay. I don't take it, I'm given it. So am I very uncomfortable with communicating myself. Oh, yes, I am. And I think I'm going to have to say to him, you know, maybe it was just like getting used to it, but now we've got a couple of days, you really have no problem giving out communion to them. Why can't you give communion to me? Everybody understand what the issue is, by the way? I, the deacon is under no theological requirement to receive from the precious chalice. Okay. Obviously, our usual job is to cleanse it in ordinary circumstances. Okay. But a
priest, in order for the completion of the sacrament, he must receive both the host and some portion, at least, of the precious blood, even if only by intinction. Have I answered your question? Okay. With a non-answer, really. Okay. Diplomacy, subtlety. Okay. Pick your battles. And the boss is always right. Okay. Anybody else want to weigh in? I have a question. Sure, George. What if you have another deacon who, as we're in formation and we're listening to what is going on and how we're to act and to be, you know, at the altar, and you see that they're just so-called, uh, you know, not 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 doing what they should be doing. Is it right to approach another deacon and just say, hey, we're not, you're not doing what, what we're being trained to do? Again, you want to be subtle. Again, you want to be extremely diplomatic. Again, you want to realize that you're the new kid on the block. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give a maybe a poor example. There are deacons who do not kneel at the invocation of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Their knees are shut. Okay. If they are incapable of kneeling, are they required to? Okay. If I am on with another deacon whom I don't know, Okay. And we're both going to be on the altar. Okay. And because usually I'm the younger deacon, younger in terms of uh, years ordained, I ask the other deacon at the invocation, are you comfortable with kneeling? Okay. And he says, oh, I can't kneel. If he's not kneeling, what am I doing? I'm kneeling. I'm not kneeling. Okay. Do you see how and where is that? Right. Okay. It is, there is a pack. This word can be so easily misconstrued. Pastoral adaptation. Okay. But you, you've heard the famous story about <clears throat> some highfalutin British noblewoman and some peasant who was invited to a very formal meal at her dining room table, at which there were, like Downton Abbey, lots of other dinner guests. Can everyone visualize that? Okay. And the peasant picked up the wrong fork for that particular course. Okay. He's a peasant. What did the woman in charge of the table, okay, what did she do? She picked up the same fork because the rules of gentility are that you don't embarrass the guest. 
You with me? That helpful? Yes, thank you. How you apply that practically to someone who's off the wall? And I've seen off the wall. I told you about this, right? Okay. You see, you got to stop me if I've told you the stories already, because otherwise I'm going to bore you to tears. There are someone who died in my parish, an acquaintance of another deacon. So we now have three deacons, two deacons from the parish and this guest deacon. One is attending the two of us on the altar. Guest deacon does the gospel because I know how the, uh, the stuff is set up for that priest. So he just reads the gospel and works and he's done. So he comes to the Ambo and he says, the Lord be with you. His spirit, his spirit. Okay. And he then says, thank you. <laughs> A reading from the Holy Gospel. Okay. Deacon Pereira and I okay, look at each other, even though we may not have seen each other for weeks, but we look at each other when we see one another again and we, one says to the other, the Lord be with you. And the other one says back, thank you. Okay. In memory of this now, by the way, departed deacon, and we were not responsible for his death. Okay. <laughs> Is he trying to be, is he trying to be, I guess, polite? People have wished him well, that the Lord's with him. But this is ritual. You don't change ritual because that's part of the comfort of it, is everybody knows what to expect. Okay. Am I making sense on that? I've seen a Monsignor do that. Say again? I've seen a Monsignor do that. Say thank you? Thank you, yeah. Okay. Not mine, in case anybody's wondering. I hope it's not Joey Jandorko. No, it's not. Okay. He was at um, Holy Rosary in Hawthorne. Very, very nice guy. Used to be in my parish. Enough said. Give my best, please, to Joey. Okay. Um, I don't call him Joey. <laughs> Actually, neither do I. Right? Um, but I knew when he was a young priest. Uh, okay, are we, uh, are we all, I think that this is a time for us to uh, stretch our legs so that your fannies don't hurt for the next okay, 45 minutes and maybe re- refresh your... Um, Liquid refreshments. And Stephen, we are going to get to your your question at the end. Okay, thank you, Deacon George. Did this make its point? <laughs>